0: The max speed for Dan is 5 miles an hour.
1: And I thought they had a pretty good time with it.
2: That's the sizzle.
3: They yeah, you're going to have to start your own club.
2: And now i got to join the other club.
3: So they <laughs> have you get all your moves lined up, and then you go, oh, crap.
0: It was actually Dan that pointed out to me, and he goes,
4: what do I do with this great northern cylindrical hopper?
2: listening to The Crossing Gate, the official podcast of the Twin Cities Division of the National Model Railroad Association. The topics and discussions are about the world's greatest hobby, model railroading. Here are your hosts, Thomas Gajer and Ken Zeska. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Crossing Gate Podcast. Tonight, we're going to talk about switch lists, JMRI, switch it, other programs, handwritten, the good, the bad, the ugly, how could we improve them, and do you want to use them? And tonight, I'm joined by Dan Dosa. Hey, everybody. Mike Jordan. Oh. David Hamilton. Hello. Larry Eggering. Hey, guys. And William Sampson. Hello, hello. So... I already heard that three of you use JMRI, so we'll throw it out. William, we'll throw it out to you first.
0: Just my my opinion of JMRI right out of the gates was uh, we were looking for a system. We had car cards, and where could we go that would alleviate the turnover process? And a lot of guys were saying JMRI had operations, so I started to look into it, and I found that it turns over really easy. Uh, That's a nice side of things, but getting the system set up itself takes time. Larry can probably even piggyback off of this. To be able to get it set up, start small. We just started just with a couple industries, a few cars, and started to turn it over from there. Uh, and then it's grown from just having two or three trains to now 26 trains. And for the first time that we've ever done um, with a full experienced crew, and it's not that our crews in the past weren't experienced, um, but to get genuine feedback of how that ride worked. So you guys will comment on that. I'd hope periodically throughout this, uh, this podcast. Um, But, Larry, give me your take on what you experienced to start out with Jamri.
5: Well, I've been using it forever as a, you know, Decoder Pro, et cetera. But when I saw the operations came in in the early days, uh, I said, you know, I want to set this up, even though I may not use it right now. It makes, there's a couple of really good benefits out of it. It makes a great inventory for your trains, so you know what you have sometimes. If you go to a show and you see something, you can look at it and say, hey, do I have that or not? So that's a side benefit. But with um, the operations at our club, the last op session we had, we ran, I think it was 11 trains, not quite 26. It's nice to generate the switch list and the assigned engines. That way the hostler knows his job and the Yardmaster knows his job and what he's doing on the front end and breaking down and all the all the feedback that comes with that. It's been very handy, and as it evolves, as we were talking about earlier, it's nice to see that somebody coming up with a great idea, the developers will implement it. You just send it to them, and if two or three people love it, it's going to move up the list. It automatically gets added. It's just where it is. We use it pretty regularly at the club. You know, we have about 200 cars. It makes it nice. You
6: know, a question for you guys. JMRI, I I ran screaming from the room after first looking at it. It (laughs) struck me as a, a pretty darn steep learning curve. It seemed like it has the advantage of you're able to use the architecture to build a lot of features into the switch list. And into into scheduling operations, but it's a lot of learning involved, and that's why I went to uh the switch list program instead because the uh it did what I needed it to do, but it was a lot low a lot shallower grade in learning the system.
0: Well, Dan, elaborate just slightly though on your system, I know you're you're modeling the m n R which is the Minnesota commercial here in the cities. And since you're modeling the MNNR, their switch list, I've seen actual ones that the actual prototype uses. How close do your, does your switch list represent that particular switch list? And how did you achieve that if, it, if it's at all close to the prototype?
6: I wouldn't say it's 100%. I've seen some of the switch lists too from them, but it has a feel of it. So let, let me tell you that switch list as a program, I, I got to give you a little bit longer version first. It's a free downloadable program. You can get it at the Apple Store, the Google Store, or you can just search for it online and download. It doesn't cost anything. However, you have to have an Apple computer to run it. It will not run on a Windows-based computer. So if you've got a PC, you're out of luck. There's no way to run it. It allows you actually to create different styles of switch lists. which is kind of interesting. In fact, it'll even allow you to generate car cards if you'd rather. So you can have, like, an old-time handwritten-looking switch list. I use a more modern kind of uh, modern railroad-looking switch list, which I like. But I think it's it's
2: readable and comprehensible. Is that, William, is that what you were asking about? Does it look? Yeah, the I guess. Switch list? Because I Dan showed me the program, and you can print it out, in like five different ways. You can print it out so it even looks like it's handwritten. Right. Which is kind of cool.
0: Well, what I was getting at, I guess, a little bit more so, and Tom, you might even be able to bounce this, is the prototype, when they look at it, it's pretty straightforward of what you're trying to do. Um, there's the confusion isn't there. Where I find with or I a little bit, uh, and I'm working on that right now, is refining it enough to be less confusing. Uh, as Dan said, he came running out of the room, we handed him a switch list, and couldn't quite understand exactly what was to be done just by looking at it. And I think that's a little bit of a hurdle for an operator. If you can't tell what you need to do by looking at the sheet, there's something missing from the program. And when I've seen Dan's, we've operated his, and his was was easy. It was a breeze, and it all makes sense. So the actual display in which the computerized program is kicking something out, does it make sense, and is it very readable? Uh, I know I'm just grappling a little bit with more of the readability out of JMRI, And I really like the switch list that Dan has because it is user friendly.
6: And I do agree. I think it's a, it's a very readable switch list. And I, using different types of formats, you could make that even simpler. But essentially, uh, switch list is a stripped down kind of program. So it works best local or way freight type operations. So it's really nice. You, you know, you get your list. It's got the cars that are on your train. It's got where they're going. So you've got your spots and then it's got your pulls of various industries. And so you know what, what's going where. The way they organize the switch list, you know, the top of the list has your train and then the bottom has the industries. So it's all nicely organized. I can go, I can look at that list, the top of the list. You know, I've got a nine car train coming out. I can tell where the cars are going and I can tell which cars need to be pulled from the industries also.
2: Yeah. So, Dave, you don't work on with JMRI, right? You do car cards, but you've operated on switchless layouts.
1: Yeah, there's. I use car cards and waybills, and I've operated on now on bills. And there's a couple railroads in Lacrosse that use JMRI. You know, so I certainly used it a few times.
2: Are you comfy with it when William handed you your clipboard? You know,
1: I think the first minute or two it was. Kind of like, am I holding this right side up or what do I have to do? You know, and then about two minutes into it, I realized and grasped pretty much what I was supposed to do. However, you know, when I got toward the end of the run and I ended up in the Wilmer yard, I think it might be because there had to be some manual corrections on the list that Bill acknowledged, but I missed dropping a car in Wilmer. The yard, for whatever reason, Both of us missed, you know, the meeting the yardmaster, and I both missed that I had dropped the car. So I noticed it when I was leaving. And quite frankly, I sort of hand-bombed it back over there. So (laughs) at least the paperwork would stay the way it needed to be. But, I again, because it was the first real pass with it in, like, two years, you know, I think if, if we used it again or the next time I used it, I wouldn't hesitate. I had my focus. I knew what I had to do. Yes, I missed one car, but I noticed it as I was leaving, I think it wouldn't be a problem to use it again. And it was, I think, it you know, it's funny because I'm I'm starting to think, well, I already used Decoder Pro, so maybe I should start experimenting with this, you know, and and just for the heck of it, see how much work would be involved in trying it on my railroad. But I I think that's going to be a tomorrow project because there's so many today projects, you know but I wouldn't rule it out going forward. A
2: submarine so. project. Now, Mike, you were in the same boat as Dave. You got handed the clipboard. How did you feel with that? A Comfort level? Did you understand once once we all figured out which way was east and west?
3: It was easy to um, figure out. And I think I might have been a, a little ahead of the curve because uh, Bill had sent out emails about what he was doing and how he's making the switch list. and. So I kind of studied him and, and made some comments. So I, when he handed me the switch list, I was uh, familiar with what I was supposed to do. Of course, then I had the job that matched my capabilities, which was running <laughs> through trains that didn't have any switching.
2: So. <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Mike, you
6: had Catford C because you run my program and used my switch list, and you've also used the JMRI. Any opinions on which you found more user-friendly?
3: They're equal. It's just when you're looking at the switch list, you just try to be familiar with what you're reading. I guess I always say I'm a reader, but my comprehension is uh, difficult. And so when you're working with a switch list, there are a couple of questions at the beginning that kind of clear up what questions you have, and then you just You know, carry on. The thing with switch lists that is good and bad is you can't cheat it. It has to be done exactly as the list says with car cards, a little bit forgiving. I guess that's the downside and the upside. You really got to pay more attention with a switch list than you do with car cards.
2: A little more self healing. So, okay, William and Larry, I'll go to Larry on this. Maybe you can describe quickly. What does people get when you hand them a JMRI switch list like William did? I was a dispatcher, so I didn't see one. I just saw these sheets with a lot of green and yellow and numbers. So when you make up a train for the club and someone has that sheet, what are they looking at top to bottom? At
5: the top, and I'm working from memory, okay, it's been a month or so. At the top, it gives you the the train name or, you know, whether it's a turn and all that. It gives you... At each stop, it tells you whether you're dropping or setting out. Well, I'm sorry. Stop, and then it gives you the inventory list of what your train is leaving the yard. Then it'll give you your stops one at a time, and it'll tell you if you're dropping off or picking up. And the colors change based on whether you're dropping off or picking up. And then the next stop, the next stop, until you get back. If it's a if it's a terminus train, then it gives you you know your
2: ending terminus point. Is that about it, William? Is that kind of what you have designed in there? What are the colors? Because the green?
0: Yeah, I, I do green for pickup and red for set out uh, and then blue for an online move, which is just from one industry to another or moving within an industry. The overall structure that the operator is really kind of looking at is obviously the switch list for the engineer. Uh, but there is also we have switch lists for the yard masters. So each yard master has a list of the trains that are going to be showing up at his yard. Dan was the only recipient of the accurate uh, switch list, so he was really successful in his jobs. Now, we had a little printer issue, some ink ran out. Greg and Joe Binnish both were handicapped a little bit because Joe only had half of one, and Greg didn't have one at all. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as the yard master's concerned, that guy wants to know what trains are coming, uh, and that's the same type of thing. It's in green and red. And from the top down, it's from the trains as they're arriving and which ones are going by. So he's basically pulling and sorting based on that. So that's kind of what you're visually seeing. Now, Mike, you were uh, handicapped as well because he actually was handed a prior uh, printed switch list because realized that the computer world isn't flawless. And the night before the session, I ended up running into a, a hiccup where all the locations disappeared on the computer. So I didn't have any locations, no destinations. And for the life of me, couldn't figure out why this had happened. The next morning, I had uh, some printouts that we'd already printed out. And I looked at those and says, well, we can't use these. And I set them aside. And then Tom was working as the dispatcher. And I walked over and I grabbed my sheets. Well, conveniently, I grabbed both stacks of paper. And then I looked at it and I says, well, Mike, here's your job. And I handed him the previous one. And I go, Joe, here's your switch list. And I handed him the new one. So neither guy actually had accurate information that was going to be melding with each other. We didn't find that out until Mike showed up in Union Yard. So <laughs> hiccups can happen. That would be a little bit of a downside, I would say, on, on the switchless side of things. If the guy doesn't have the right paperwork, he's not going to do the right work.
6: I, I will say, I, I want to throw in there for those of us that do use switchless. I, I personally, I, I'd be curious what the rest of you say. I, really prefer switch lists to car cards with a layout like mine. I find car cards. I'm fumbling with them and I'm trying to keep track of what's going in and what's coming out. I'm lining them up along the edge of the layout and stuff. And it, it's, you know, I'm, I'm always feeling like I'm one step from catastrophe. <laughs> when I look at my switch list, it's like, Oh yeah, I'll get that. I'll get that. I'll get that. It's, it's just, for some reason, for my simple brain, It makes me feel happy. And then my old layout, I used to handwrite them. They were, it was a pain,
2: but I'd take my handwritten switch list and I'd be perfectly happy. Well, let's talk about the ergonomics of it. And do you want a handful of car cards or do you want a switch list? I always thought switch lists were what I call elegant because that's what you work at. So, Mike, we'll go to Mike. You you have, you know, we've operated on layouts. We have a clipboard or switch list. What do you think is the best way to handle a switch list and how would you want to have it?
3: When I first started operations I didn't have car cards, so I did make switch lists and like Dan said it took a lot of time and it was just one of those things that I I was so tickled that I discovered this method of making a switch list. I didn't realize everybody else did it too. So it was you know, a discovery that someone else had made that I finally found out. But with car cards, I find them they're more self-healing. So if you make a mistake, it's uh, easier to figure out and how to fix it.
2: Right. But Uh, how do you feel about carrying a switch list around the layout in your clipboard versus a handful of car cards with a rubber band and so forth?
3: Switch list is much better than a pocket full of car cards because if you drop it, you can pick it up and everything's still in order. So. (laughs) That's true. That is true. Yeah. So, um, and I think it, it really is more prototypical to have a switch list than a pile of cards.
2: Dave, what do you think about that? You know, I,
1: I've never had any problem walking around with a handful of car cards. First of all, I mean, maybe I'm the exception, but, and I don't, I don't know that I've ever dropped them. I think I did sneeze one time and knock a few over, but it's it's never been a big deal for me to use car cards. And I've kind of disciplined myself so that I don't screw them up and get them out of order. And I really get focused on that. However, now that I've said that, when I was using the switch list at Bill's place on Saturday, one thing I did was start checking off each car as I moved it, you know, either drawing a line through it or you know, whatever little silly code I was using. So I knew exactly what I had done. And I thought, if I'm going to keep using these switch lists, this is what I'm going to do. I move a car and I mark it off right away, you know, just to keep myself focused on what I'm doing. It worked out fine because we had clipboards to hold them. A couple times I was a little bit concerned about where to put it, meaning this clipboard. When I was reaching in to a couple of car or whatever. So that's something I think you have to think about when you're using those clipboards. Either have a smaller clipboard and fold the switch list, have a, a Velcro or a hook thing that's easily noticeable so you can hang the thing up, you know, just because all of a sudden you need three hands. I have a little apron that I can wear when I remember to bring it, you know, when we're doing car cards. So that's pretty easy to, you know, to keep the cards in the apron pockets, you know, and keep things sorted out that way. Switchless, I think I could get into that. It would just be nice to think about the ergonomic part, meaning have a pencil or a pen, have a place to hang the clipboard because you don't want people putting it on top of the railroad and knocking over cars or messing up the scenery. Once you get past that, I think I could get into using them more. Yeah. That's the bottom line. But then yeah. again, car cards, they're the old standby, like Mike says. Yeah. You know, it's they're,
2: they're self healing. They, yeah, they have a bunch yeah. pluses. But I think I think oh, yeah. Dave, I think we just we just got a new sound bite with you saying I have a little apron. So <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that's gonna be on the intro. Uh, Ken Zesk has joined us. Say hello, Ken.
4: Hello everybody. Good to Frank. see you tonight. Hey,
2: hey Ken. Ken. Hey Ken. Hello, Ken, back from the NP convention. So, Ken, what's your idea of switch lists? Do you use switch lists or JMRI on the uh, your Northern Pacific line?
4: Well, right now I'm using switch lists, and I've taken the standard NP switch list from the late 50s and tailored it down because you don't need as many lines, and, of course, I didn't need it 16 inches long. And so it fits on a small clipboard. I'm happy with that. One of the advantages I can see the car cards is the cards are right there, and if you just flip them, it's easy to get going. I have to uh, go and just walk through, do an inventory, and then set up my switch list manually. I'd like to try the JMRI, uh, and I, that's why I just went back to me in town this last Saturday. Uh, I've heard that it's a challenge to get started, but all computer programs are. But I, I would just like to walk through how that's done. It, it sounds interesting. But like Dave says, I encourage people, give them a pencil and a clipboard, and when you do a task, you line it out. And I usually block the cars for the industries on the switch list, and then uh, the yard crew is supposed to block the cars to match the switch list, and often that happens. But if it doesn't, the train crew can see uh, what the suggested order of work, I think, is helpful.
2: I think so, too. I'll go to Larry. You mentioned the club, and this was in my mind, too. With the club, you have so many different people with different skills, and we'll just say varying levels of operation skills. How do they like JMRI? Do they take to it? Do they all understand it, or has it been a tough sell? No, we actually have some
5: guys that have never run a true obsession session before. Yeah. And typically what we do is we make them the conductor on the train with, with an experienced operator. They both get a copy of the printout and they can compare, you know, as they're doing it and explain why and how things are done. So everybody's been real receptive to it. Now, in the past, I've operated with car cards on layouts and I've run JMRI with switch lists. I learned with car cards, you wear a shirt with a pocket. That way, yeah. they don't go flying across <laughs> when you sneeze or somebody bumps your elbow or whatever. Or you know? an
2: apron.
5: Or an apron. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a pink one, I think. <laughs> uh,
2: there's another <laughs> But maybe,
5: uh,
6: maybe that's why I don't use car cards, because I don't have an apron. Uh, maybe... Maybe that's the truth of the matter, guys. <laughs> you David. can wet your
5: forehead and keep one of them on it. You know, so There you go. <laughs> a
6: little, 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 little Vaseline up there and slap them right on.
5: Oh, that'd be professional baseball, but that's another story. <laughs> that's another
6: <thing. laughs> you know, Dave, Dave had a good point and I, I thought, and he's talked about ergonomics. I think whether you're talking about a switch list or car cards, that there's no substitute on a layout for good ergonomics, leave a good trail of breadcrumbs for your operators. Right. A lot of times, the operational system is added as an afterthought, and or without a lot of thought, we can get away with that on our own layouts because we know the layout, we're familiar with it. Well, you know, of course, you know that's where Wilmer is. Well, of course, that's where Akron, Ohio, is. Why? Because I built it. Uh, <laughs> but you know, we've going to a brand new layout and everything is unfamiliar does take a little bit of adjustment. And unfortunately, the, the person who I always thought was the master of the ergonomics, and this is Greg Dahl, who's not here. Greg does just a fabulous job. He uses car cards, but his ergonomics, schematics, boxes for the cards and everything is just so wonderfully laid out. It's a delight. To run and, and i think
0: that's a big part there dan is that's an, your experience that the operator is having is kind of partially responsible to the owner and how they set it up uh you mentioned greg doll he just even lightly said in the Will yard he says it would be nice to have a throttle like a pocket right here could i have my put my throttle right here just because that would have been the most ergonomic and and like you're saying i mean in thinking those things through where do you put your clipboard you know, when it is your own railroad, you're not afraid to set, you know, something here or something there. But when it's somebody else's railroad, you're trying to respect that space. I mean, that's a great point. Ergonomics, I think just collectively that the owner is aware of those things, the the cup holders, the throttle holders, like the clipboard holder, like all that stuff that you don't think about when it's your own, because, well, it's your own and you're fine with setting stuff on the rails or whatever you might be doing.
2: No, well, that's huge. I always thought cup holders just to keep things off the layout because otherwise you walk by and there's the cans and waters that you've offered people are where they shouldn't be. So. But, yeah, I, I always wondered about clipboards. I thought Dave was right on with a piece of velcro, a hook because if there was a hook in the aisle, I would find it. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Mike, you were talking about switch lists. I've heard people with car cards. Joe Binnish used to bring this up where they'd take the car cards in the yard and they would make a switch list out of that by hand. Has anyone ever seen that? round of Crickets there, okay, maybe Binnish is the only one there.
1: Now, years ago, Dave Zun used to have a railroad that, you know, I can't remember, the St. Paul Terminal Railroad or something like that, and he had a position where there was a, you know, a clerk that handled the car cards for all the cars going everywhere. A couple times I worked, you know, doing the trim job in the yard or the class job or whatever, and he was constantly, whoever was the operator, would be writing out new switch lists and handing them up to you. None of the operators ever touched a car card. You know, he was handwriting these switch lists and he could knock them out and most of his clerks could really do them quick. I mean, I, I can't remember exactly, but I'm thinking it would, there was a bit of a shorthand deal. So, you know, if it was a six digit number on a car, he'd put in the last just two or three digits like NP26 mm-hmm. or su 14 or whatever so he didn't he didn't have to write down Sioux line railroad reporting mark <laughs> soo one two three four five six yeah. box car yeah. blah 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 you know so there was like a shorthand time. thing going on That's which made it go quickly
0: how no, about kidding. not know, how about not knowing guys cars on the railroad then in, in an um, application like you say it says su 14 if you're dealing with the modern era there's so many different types of cars that are out there did you guys struggle at all by looking at a switch list and then looking out into the mass of cars and saying which car am I going to move?
6: Well, I didn't. Uh, your switch list listed what the kind of car I was looking for. You know, I've got you know a couple times where I grabbed you and I said, you know, I'm looking for a Sioux Line 50 foot box car. I, I've got no car no car that matches that anywhere in my yard. Those things that are helpful. But one thing I had to do with the switch list program was a little odd. Switch list, like I said, is, is a little less complex and a little less flexible than JMRI. So I ended up having to create pools of cars that I could designate by not only just the type of the car, but the load and the industry. So I created, for example, you know, I have a grain pool. Well, these are all covered hoppers, but these are hoppers that are in grain service. These are wheat service. I have covered hoppers that are in barley service. Yeah, they're all covered hoppers. But if I designate in switch list that they're covered hoppers, the program doesn't care. It's going to keep sending them wherever it needs an empty covered hopper. And I didn't want that. I wanted a pool of cars that were designated for this particular service. So I found I had to break it down that way and make subcategories. But it did work, and it works really well
4: now. So – Tell me about the process for setting up a JMRI switch list. And have any of you ever worked with any of the other commercial switch lists
5: that are out there? My friend Richard and I worked with one that he bought several years ago from a guy in central Florida. It was just as cumbersome. The thing you've got to get into your head is it's not magically going to appear. You've got to put the... Car in, you've got to tell what type of car it is, where it services, how it services. And then you have to put the locations in and what they expect for cars. There is a time element no matter how you do this, you know, and it's a significant amount of time. So we had set it up with this commercial product he bought in. Please forgive me. I forgot the name of it. It was a Windows based system and it was, and it worked. It did okay. But when we started with JMRI, we realized there was a lot more flexibility that this fellow didn't add. And yes, we wasted probably 20 hours, but the time spent in addition gained us more flexibility and the ability to use it. You know, you start by adding all your cars in, and you add your locations in, and then you modify them as you add them so that the car goes to the right location, et cetera. And it's a quick on-the-fly adjustment.
4: That's similar to what Dan was saying. He could have 20 uh, covered hoppers in there, but if he wants 10 of them in a grain pool, then he just has to put a modifier in there that says, these cars only go to these two or three spots, and then that way they'll rotate in the pool.
5: Yes, and for instance, if you set up a location in JMRI, it will ask you, it gives you a list of about 40 things that you can check off as to what's there. What type of engine? Is it a diesel? Is it steam? Is it light steam or heavy steam? Is it, is it just a standard boxcar? Is it a mechanical reefer? Is it an iced reefer? Is it a gondola? Is it, what type of gondola? All those things are there. That's where the flexibility and the time comes in. It takes some time, but once you, if you've got the same type of industry in another location, you can just duplicate that one. You don't have to go through that whole thing. You can just change the name and add the add that industry.
6: So, Ken, you know, and and I use SwitchList. I don't use JMRI. Okay. And what I found with that program was I could use their designations of freight car types. G for gone. I think XO is a box car, uh, TR tank cars. But what I could also do is I could create my own designation. So, you know, I have four loads of tank cars going to two different industries at different yes. locations. So I just do T and then I use the hazmat code for the load. So, you know, this is a T1824 tank car. What is that? It's a tank car carrying potassium hydroxide. And that works well, and I'm not limited by the, what the program tells me I can use. You know, the, I can set up my cars any way I want, which is also handy if I want a pool of cars, which maybe I have an industry that gets multiple types of cars, but I just want those cars all going to that industry. So that's, you know, this is, you know, the gruesome casket pool. <laughs> and, you know, that's where all the nails and the brass hardware and the sheet bronze. My and,
0: 89 foot box car. And all the <laughs> silk.
6: <laughs> and, you know, and, and the silk and you know, all those cars that I need for some Caskets.
0: So,
2: somebody asks, I'll go back to Mike and Dave, because, uh, and I, we're not the GMRI users. When you get that sheet, you know, William or Dan or Larry, they hand, they hand us our clipboard on there. What would you like to see? After looking at it on Saturday, what did you see? That was confusing, or what did you see that was good, or what would you add or subtract?
0: I don't think I'd
1: want anything added on to that because it seems like Bill said that he had kind of truncated it a little bit anyway and took some stuff off, if I remember correctly. Yep. But I'm not concerned with what's in the car, so I don't need to know that. I thought it was perfect the way it was. You know, it had a car number, where it went, and that was it.
2: But don't you, know, you there feel was... that, that what's in the car? I mean, that's like the way Bill... You know, yeah. you the layout owners, it's washing machines. I don't really care. I just want to know where it goes. Right. So so I always I enjoy that detail now that William and them added what's in there. But so you thought it was yeah. fine. And, and William, what did you take out?
0: I ended up having, so it had some routing information, which it was basically telling a final destination and, and stuff like that. The, the guy that's running the local doesn't care what its final destination is. He cares right. where it needs to go right. next. So right. I took that out. Um, I took out, originally I had taken out track numbers. And that was because we decided that yards could put stuff wherever they wanted. And anything that was online, it was going to identify the industry, which seemed fine. Well, that ended up being an issue where Joe says, well, I don't know where to put all these cars and I'm cherry picking to find them. So now I've added the track numbers back in. And actually, to Mike's point, Mike uh, was really good about telling me about my own railroad is to skinny down the information. So you can take that eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, fold it right in half, have the important information on the front. And on the back, if you flip it over, you can see the car color, the car length, and that type of stuff. So that's how I truncated it to become more, I guess, user friendly. But eliminating all the excess, I, I went with more abbreviations. So covered hopper is C O V H O P. A guy hopefully can read that box is just box. Um, but Ken even made a great point when we were vetting some of that. Sue line has reporting marks that say either S O O or S O O L I N E. They could have numbers that are in the exact same thing, but the railroad's using those two different numbers or words, rather, as, you know, two separate banks of cars. So with that, if I go to AAR codes, are we as operators going to learn and know our AAR codes? <laughs> yeah. Or is that become, you know, back to the abbreviations? And I decided in this particular application, I'd stick with the abbreviations and we'll challenge you guys later. <laughs> yeah,
2: like, so, Let's Mike, what did, what did you think would, would be better? Or, you know, added or removed to your sheet when we were handed that clipboard.
3: It worked out. I like the simplicity of the just information you need to know to pick up and spot a car. Everything else can be on the other side of the fold. If it's an open load and you're confused which flat car, you can unfold it and then look at the load. in guess that lumber's going to go to the lumber yard and pipe's going to go to the plumbing supply house. You know. What? Um, but <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, I hope so, yeah. So it was the abbreviation and just keeping it simple works best. On the list that I had, it had a spot you could check off, but I tend to just draw a line through everything, and then I don't get confused to, about where to set it. So I think that... Keep it simple. Uh, you know, the old kiss factor is uh, is probably the best on, on switch lists.
2: I would like to see, you know, Larry, you said you've been using it at the club so long. I would love to see what yours looks like compared to Williams, compared to somebody else on JMRI. You know, the longer someone's been using it and tweaking it, what do you see and what you don't see?
5: Next trip up, I can print
2: out a sample switch list and to a PDF file and send it to you. Yeah, that would be great. I would like to see it. You know, I'd like yeah. to see more of Williams so I can get a, you know, a hint of what a way freight looks like or a road train.
0: Well, that, that, that exchanging of notes, I'd like to see it too, Larry. I uh, I know just even in general for simplicity is one thing, but even just the time for the turnover and even kind of when, Larry, you talked about setting it up, anybody that has Jam or and uses Decoder Pro, you have the operations already. It's in the system. We just have there. to kind of start plugging away and using it. Um, my advice to anybody that's even considering it and even using Dan's program is start small. You start small and start to build it up to get to the point you're at. Uh you know, Larry, you said you guys ran eleven trains. That's I think that's pretty impressive. We had twenty six available to run, but Tom, I think we only made it through maybe thirteen. We made it made it about halfway down the list. And that's because we're trying to slow down the pace of operations. I have no expectation, my dad doesn't either. For us to try to run all 26. If it gets that far, great. But uh, I guess a question to pivot back towards either you or Ken, uh, when you guys are setting up for an operating session, Ken, yours, I know you're handwriting yours out. Larry, I know your club has yours printed out. How do you plan for how much is going to be done with the handwritten switch list or even in your case, Larry, printing them?
4: My planning is done that I enough work there to get everybody off on their first job, and then I have several backup jobs. The cars that are coming back and then creating the jobs pass at are the jobs for the active staging yard, so that way that person has something to do. So I'm actually cycling cars that come back in back out again.
5: Uh, for us, what we do is we do a crew call to see who's coming, and then we build a couple of trains per. And that way, you always end up with an extra the yardmaster when i was yardmaster two out of the nine times roughly i found a lot of the guys would show up you know when at the start of everything else and the trains are not ready the yardmaster has to have the trains ready when the crews show up so the mandate is now the yardmaster comes in 30 45 minutes early richard and i often and because it's a club layout cars are not always going to be Where JMRI thinks they are, so we go up a day before, and we literally go by location in JMRI. It's real simple to change where the car is. So we just I go to to this area, and then I say, "Okay, Richard, I've got this one, this one, and this one," and he goes in and makes sure they're right. If they're wrong, no big deal. Just clicking a button. So we get all that done before we ever print the switch list. You know, there's work involved in an obsession. I don't care how it goes. You know, the front-end work is always there.
2: But that pays off very... You and Ken are on the same page. It pays off. Yeah. And you have your little brief, and then you hand everybody throttle. And Like Mike says, people just want to turn. You have to get trains moving. My question, to, because, now Ken and Dave and Larry at the club, you have layouts who could have continuous running. Do you need Jam or I and William, too, for the Empire Builder or a unit coal train, or can you just run them as an as an extra or something? You even have to print out, you know, if a passenger train is not picking up or dropping off, 20th Century, the Builder, unit coal trains. Do those need to be entered just for the timing or anything?
0: Like, Mike, you ran the potash, and the potash didn't have paperwork. I handed him the throttle. I said, here's the potash. Told Tom that you can let him go whenever you want as the dispatcher. And Mike tooled across the railroad and eventually got himself into West Staging. Now, Dave, he started out with a local. My dad and I, before every session, one of us at one point, I usually send it to him and he'll just, I just print it out for him at home and he builds the local. So that local's ready to go and it doesn't put it on the yard master to try to build that thing. No. And, you know, as far as a, a getting a session ready, I got to point to Dave or uh, to Dan rather and ask you when you set up your session, What do you do to get it with your switch list? I know you have kind of a fiddle yard situation where you're putting cars onto your railroad. How do you set that up? And how long does that take you to get ready using your switch list program?
6: It's a fair question. Usually, the cars that are on the layout, on the visible portion of the layout at Industries, is not changed from the last session. Occasionally, a car or two will change in the program. Lord knows why. So I just have to check them. You know, make sure everything's lined up according to Hoyle. Then I have to, uh, but I do have new cars that could be rotating onto the layout coming in from hidden staging. So I've got to pull the staging trains out, take off any cars that aren't going onto the layout, and replace them with cars that are going on. You know, the switch list program itself, no big deal. I generate the switch list. I'm ready to go. What I've done is I've collected a series of uh, non-blue tubs. So that I can uh, I can keep similar pooled cars in the same place. So when I'm you know, if I need tank cars that are going to Hawkins Chemical, I, I've got the tub, I know where they're all gonna be. So I just go in there and it's like, okay, I need this number, this number, this number, I can put back this number and this number. And that way, you know, I'm only staging four trains. It can go pretty quickly. Uh, so I would say. Uh, staging an operation session for me. Hang on a sec. That's yeah. a, that's, <laughs> Alexa, that's Alexa talking. So Alexa, stop. Alexa, look gruesome quiet you. Uh, but, um, but yeah, Quiet. But yeah, yeah. It takes me maybe thirty to forty-five minutes to stage the four trains for an op session, and I'm ready to go. Um, and I actually find it since I've got the cars organized now. I actually find it kind of relaxing, and because SwitchList will not select locomotives, then I can go to my locomotive roster and, and say, I'm going to use these locomotives because William Sampson just programmed them for me, and they run really well, so I think I'll use those.
2: <laughs> now, do you find it, you know, Larry, you know, Mike, I was going to ask you, how do you feel about? You're the guy we picked just to run a train. We don't trust you with paperwork. But <laughs> I I do like the fact that you have some layouts where you can just run a train. And I suppose Larry at the club, like you said, operators proficiency. You know, here's the passenger train. Kenzeska, you know, here's the passenger but I know Mike even asked, Can I have a run through train to learn the layout? You know, that's what I would like. Give me a unit coal train. Mm-hmm. So I know that I'm going from Jacksonville to Tallahassee to you know, wherever. But Larry, can people just run trains during an op session, even if they ask the dispatcher for permission without being part of JMRI, if they have a unit train or something? Yeah, if we had
5: a unit train, yes. As long as he coordinated with the dispatcher who can, it would be run as an extra. And we, our layout's pretty good size. It's 15 by 50. There's only two choke points on it that are a real problem. But if the dispatcher's on target, really not a big deal to have the extra honestly it's not come up but it would not be hard to handle you know the dispatcher can handle it because we have a we have a a whiteboard magnetic board where you know the all you have to do is add the train on it because we haven't gotten to the point with sensor detection or anything it's still that manual operation of you have to call the dispatcher when you get to certain points and
2: now, William, how many run-through trains and stuff do you have set up?
0: Um, we've got God, four. We have got four of them that are set up, and a big part of it is our east end staging smaller than our west end, so we have to be able to have stuff die somewhere. And uh, in our application, it would be, you know, train 97, 98 need to flip-flop with each other so the dispatcher, when he releases it, knows that once it's out on the line, it's not going to be able to get into staging on either end, depending on which way it's going. In this case, it's going to be going westbound. He's got to release 98 to get out of there. So 97 can take its spot, and then 98 can go take the place of where 97 left. So our empire builder can go out technically, it can go at any time, and it switches with an extra. That extra's just got freight cars on it, and that goes in and it dies. It doesn't do any work in any of the yards because I think we need to have more stuff where guys aren't having to stop at every yard uh, and then have to service them because that slows down the operator, but at the same time, the dispatcher is sitting there waiting, too, for something to do while everybody else is fiddling with the cars and stuff like that. So we do have cars that flip-flop. And the other nice thing I think that we've liked about Jamerai, if at any time a guest comes over and says, I'd like to see the railroad run, we've got trains that we can pull out and run. But at the same time, we can't even run technically one of the jobs. You could run that local that Dave ran and hand a throttle to a kid or hand a throttle to you know, another operator and let him learn how to use it so the railroad's not dead just because you have the system in place and the cars can't be moved because if they get moved well then it's going to screw up the whole system they just print it out and they can treat it just like any other job but they're just doing it by themselves in some cases my dad will even just do them by himself you do have stuff that can move freely and that's kind of nice i don't know if larry you have that or dan if you're able to kind of just run your railroad without having to handle or work with the switch list we do that we run
5: Without working with the switch list, but you also, before the obsession session, have to make sure that, you know, things are where they belong, et cetera. The sure. other thing we threw in is we threw in a local passenger run with a doodlebug on our last operating session between three places. So that kind of threw a monkey in the wrench that a lot of the guys, who, you know, were not calling when they filed the main line. You know, all of a sudden there's a passenger train coming in there, and they were like, "Ooh, maybe I should move, you know, yeah. and it kind of forced protocols to be followed. Not a bad thing in any way. You know, nobody gets yelled at for doing it or anything like that. It's just it makes you kind of emulate the prototype a little better.
6: Can I, can I ask, we'll learn. When you're using JMRI, are you selecting the car's? That are moving on the layout or is the program selecting them? Because on switch list, it's, it's a random generator.
0: The programs it's, in our case, it's the programs picking it all. So okay. if the train goes into staging, it does all the, the, the swapping and you can check a box. As Larry said, you can tailor the thing as much as you want, but you can check a box that says block the cars for drop off destinations. So when it goes into staging, it doesn't come out as the dog's breakfast, as Joe puts it it comes out as a train that's ready to be blocked. So it'll see Wilmer first and then it sees the next yard first. But the key there is that the operator or the cars that are staged need to be in the order that the system wants to see. So a lot of times I'll pull a cut out, look at it and go, oh, it needs to be in this order. And we'll just fiddle them through, shove it back into staging. So now when it comes out, it's going to be ready and blocked the way the system wants to see it.
5: Yeah, we do exactly the same thing. If that we leave it kind of up to the Yardmaster, except for the other locations. Uh, we'll make sure they're in order also. But, yeah, it's it's random generated, and and you can actually put in how long a car sits in a, a location, etc. So, you know, not every car moves every time.
6: But I found that to generate enough operating interest for the sessions, I pretty much want them all to
2: move in one day. So here's. The last question, then we'll bring up everyone's final point is, I used to dispatch on a layout that had a program called Ship It, early GMRI. And people would, like if they're going from town A to B to C to D, every now and then we're humans, we'd miss a car. So there'd be a boxcar at B that had to get to E. My point was, well, I'll just write an order for the next westbound to pick up that car. You know, a handwritten order. Here's a note you got to town the depot agent hands you this, that car's got to go. But the layout owner wanted no part of that, and he would just pick it up by hand and move it there. Is is that something, I know you guys said the hand-bombed on Saturday, but is that something that you'd ever want to work into your system, some handwritten notes? I know Dan and I have talked about some faxing or some extra things like that, but I just, I thought, well, here's a kind of a realistic way we can cure a car in the wrong place, even on a computer-driven program. I I do
6: it all the time. You do okay. If I, if, I, if I the switch list generates a list of cars, and I'm not really happy with the train, I think, oh, that's too boring. <laughs> pulling out four cars—that's going to be <laughs> too easy. I'll just, you know, say okay. The yardmaster just penciled in at the bottom. Oh, and by the way, since you're going out there, since you're out on the the line, would you mind dropping off these cars to this location? Yeah. And so I can just add them. I added a third track for uh, on the Hiawatha line uh, for Shire Malting that essentially is an overflow track, and I, and then I wrote the program or configured the program such that the tracks the, the the actual tracks for the covered hoppers at Shire Malting are longer in the program than they are in reality, so that occasionally cars end up in overflow and they have to deal with that and and. What I do is I say, between sessions, the Shire switcher has to switch out some of the cars that are already there with these cars that have been off-spotted. So it can just add a little operating interest.
2: Yeah. Okay. So you can hand bomb some things. So we'll wrap this up and I'll go around and you guys can tell us what to think about Switch List and JMRI based on your experience. And we'll start with Ken. Anything you like or dislike about Switch List, handwriting or computer generated?
4: Well, I I like the handwritten because my layout has a limited number of cars. But I I will tell you one thing I like about the uh, conversation tonight is I picked up a couple of just operating tips that are pretty neat. And the other thing that I just want to mention, and and William, you said this, if somebody that's listening to us has never tried this, the handwritten switch lists are an easy way to get into operations without a lot of setup. So you can tiptoe. Put your little piggy in the water without having to drown yourself right away. So, uh, do things like that to help you just see what it is you like to do and don't like to do. So, uh, so that's pretty good. And then are there some online help groups for people that are using GMRI switch Switchlist?
0: Yeah, there's, uh, the, the JMRI, it's a, hey, Larry, you're going to have to correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the, I think it's JMRI user or ISO group. And they, okay. uh, they are phenomenal. Like I've asked stupid questions in the past and they'll come back and say, this is what's happening and explain okay. exactly why a car is not moving. And the there community in terms of help is, it, it, I think it's great. Great. Yeah. It's in groups.io,
5: groups.io, uh, the JMRI group. I mean, they help with everything and could the developers monitor that. So you're not just getting help from a guy who's done it. You're getting help from the guy who wrote the code to, for that operation. So that it's phenomenal. He's Dan,
2: right. is there a help group for the SwitchList program? There is. There's a SwitchList
6: group on Facebook. Again, helpful. The uh, uh, administrator is in contact with the developer of SwitchList. They do sometimes add some things. But you can ask the people who are using it. And you come up against the problem, and I've I've gotten good feedback, Well, that's been helpful to me. Yeah. They haven't answered all my questions yet, but that's probably because I keep firing questions at them too quickly.
2: Yeah. I I joined the the pins on cars IO group, but I'm the only member. So, <laughs> um, Mike Mike Jordan, what do you think about switch lists and everything else here? Good, bad, or different?
3: I think Ken brought up a good point. If you're Getting started in operations to handwrite a short switch list just to move cars from point A to point B or out of staging to an industry is a great way to get started without investing a great deal of time in doing way bills and car cards. And even if you have a small railroad like Dan, switch lists are perfect because uh, you can actually handwrite them and you don't have to use a computer to do it. I use car cards. There's an awful lot of switch list in handling the car cards. It wouldn't be hard to go that next step to just figure out where the cars are going And right now. Switch list it. It's time consuming. I've done it. Uh, you mentioned hand bombing cars to balance things. I used to do that. Now I actually write a note and stick it in the car card and say, okay, this is in the wrong spot. It's your job to move it to the right spot because the other crew didn't do it right. I like your idea of if you're the dispatcher, you can write a note to the crew to move a car to balance out any computer system.
2: No, sure. no I like that too. Dave, Dave Hamilton, what do you think about Switchless, GMRI?
3: You
1: know, I, I really enjoyed using it. I'm always open to doing new stuff. Whether or not I have my apron on and I don't see any reason why I would shy away from using switch lists in the future. Again, now if I decide to try it on my railroad, it'd be a long term thing. And I have some questions for Bill that I can ask him at some point, but I kind of like think I could see how you could really get into it and develop it and fine tune it. A thumbs up.
2: Dan, what do you think about your list? You like that? Well, I, I've used three systems,
6: used Will's JMRI, I've used my SwitchList program, and I used to handwrite SwitchList. I like SwitchList personally. Uh, that's That appeals to me both in a sense of realism and in a sense of it makes intuitive sense to me when I'm working. I think the point that was made, I think Dave made it, is, is the one I'll come back to as, as my concluding point, which is. No matter what system you use, and by all means, for anybody out there who hasn't tried this, write up a list for moving five cars. It's fun to move like you have a purpose. That's what operation is all about, moving like you have a purpose. For layout owners, Dave's point I think is really important. Ergonomics. We all know our own layouts, backwards and forwards. When operators come in, they're new, they're unfamiliar. The more clear we can make it, the more simple, the easier, the happier they'll be, the more they'll have an enjoyable
2: time. Larry, what do you think about how's JMRI experience been for you?
5: I've done it all three ways. Like Dan, JMRI, the computer side of it's great. I think I speak for all of us that when I say it doesn't matter what we use, we like operating the trains. Yeah. And however yeah. you get to that point, it doesn't matter. It's what's comfortable for the individual. You know, I like JMRI. It's been handy. It's been good here on my layout, even just doing little short, you know, switching assignments. The negative sides of it are minimal. And as are most of the programs, because, you know, the guys that are writing this stuff are getting feedback from the, from the people that are operating it. So they will constantly improve it.
2: Yeah, I think that's a big plus. And William, what do you think?
0: Um, I think collectively, I mean, I, I'm I'm biased to liking Jamry because I use it on my own and my dad's. Um, but the thing that I've liked about it the most is my ability to just print out a switch list in my own railroad, walk in there, and just switch cars. I don't have to turn any paperwork. I don't have to do anything. I just hit print. I walk in there. I can start moving cars. I finish the job, turn it off, and then come back to it again. But I guess secondly is seeing it in action on my dad's railroad with you know a large group of you guys and seeing the feedback. And I think Dave commented a while back about one of his favorite things was watching a railroad come to life. And for me, that was probably one of the first times that uh, Tom was the first time anybody outside of myself and calling the electrician to do the dispatching. So that's letting go of basically the control of the railroad and having let that go. It's obviously, it's a little nerve wracking to start with, but he hopped on it and took off and uh, Dave, you're right watching a railroad from a distance functioning and operating. It's one of the coolest things that I've experienced. Uh, but then secondly, is actually watching my dad who ended up at the end of the session, he ended up in the, what well, would be the hostler corner, but smiling, laughing, having a good time just because everybody else was all having a good time. And I think sure. that's the, the main thread that switch list car card. I don't care what you're using. That's what makes it fun. And I think to me, whatever system you use, as long as you're having yourselves a good time, you know, any issues that come up, they're going to come and go. We're, we're dealing with some of the ones that you guys kind of noted for us. Um, but one last thing, I'm going to spin this back to you, Tom, and you can take it across the goal line. But how was it being the dispatcher in JMRI? Because you're actually using the JMRI panel. He was looking at the JMRI trains that were being ran and then also integrating into our system to kind of function as the dispatcher with JMRI kind of running the uh, the trains themselves.
2: I really enjoy it. I like dispatching on JMRI systems because as a dispatcher, the bane of your existence is operators not OSing where they are. And I could see <laughs> with those block occupancies, I'm like, okay, I know he's there. I know he's there. I know he's there and he shouldn't be there. So now I can go. And I thought it was just, it's, it's really nice as a dispatcher because, I can watch the trains progress and I can make changes. You know, I'm only going to give this guy so much rope. Okay. He's doing what he should do. I'll give him three more blocks. Yeah. I, I really like it. I appreciate the work that people put up into signaling for CTC or blocks or, you know, control points and stuff like that. And so I think, let me see what I'll re kind of reiterate what we talked about was. The ergonomics, some of the good, it alleviates the turnover process of car cards. Larry brought up a good thing you have your inventory handy. So when you go to the, you know, the train show you can see how many is in your blue tubs already. It'd be a great thing for a club with so much inventory, because I think you can tell who owns the cars too. And and I like the detail. You can generate an engine and what's in it and things like that. I think you have to get over although know, Dan and I had the fear of looking at JMRI, you have to do so much on the front end. But once you have it in there, then you just slowly tweak it and adjust it and mold it to fit what you want. And I think it's all the work on the front end, you know. And like you said, there's night before bugaboo issues. Make sure your printer's working and clerks. But like Dan Aaron said, ergonomics, I think if you're going to have a switch list, plan for that. What's someone going to do when they get to Litchfield? What are they going to do with their clipboard? You know, when they get to Jacksonville, what are they going to do with their clipboard? I think it's a positive all around. Like you said, we just want to operate, and JMRI takes away you having to set up a session. Does that sound about right? That okay. sounds good. It sounds good. All right. Thanks for your input. And uh, another good podcast, good crew. And we'll let everyone say good night. We'll get on with our lives.
3: <laughs> all right. <laughs> good night, everyone. Good night, guys. Good night. good night. Good night, guys. Good night, Gracie.
5: Good night, John Boy. <laughs>
2: the official podcast of the Twin Cities Division. You can find us on Facebook in our group, the Twin Cities Division of the NMRA. You can email us at tcdnmra at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe for future podcasts.